It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, this is Jason Squires, the Director of Mentorship for Worship Leader. Uh, welcome to the next episode of The Table. This week's podcast is our Mentor Coffee Chat. Once a month, our mentor team sits down on Facebook Live and does and dialogues over a topic. And this month's topic is putting out fires on Sunday mornings, how to really deal with those problems as they arise. So join us as we continue this conversation. If at any point you're listening and you think, man, I would really love to be coached or mentored by the person that's talking, you can actually do that at worshipleader.com and sign up for mentorship. Um, and anybody on our mentor team um, becomes one of your mentors. And so check it out at worshipleader.com um, and we'd love to be a part of your ministry. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, welcome to the next uh, Mentor Coffee Chat. I'm excited for a new month and a new topic. Uh, my name is Jason Squires. I am the Director of Mentorship for Worship Leader Magazine. And um, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's introduce everybody. Joe, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Hey everyone, I'm Joe Hornis and I've uh, been a worship leader for longer than some of you have been alive and, uh, and had the pleasure of doing worship at some mega church places and and also startups so god's given me a breadth of experience and uh, now i lead the joe hornus worship collective which is about mentoring and training uh worship leaders and worship teams so um nice to meet y'all and thanks for having me with you absolutely how about you mary go ahead and introduce yourself yeah hi my name is mary elizabeth colesroot and I am a Norwegian and American living in Sandefjord, Norway, and I am a mother and a wife and a music director at my church and worship pastor, and uh, I run a ministry called Disciples of Worship, and recently just released uh, a new book. I am an author and um, released exciting. a book called, yeah, so uh, became bestseller on Amazon, Wow. And uh, I know, excited in like 15 different categories. Like That's I was awesome. shocked. Yeah. What, is the, what is the title of your book? I sorry, was that? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's called Worshippers Rising. Awesome. So, a biblical guide to releasing authentic worship in your nation. So, awesome. so yeah, so I'm really excited and just passionate about just training up and supporting different worshipers and uh, releasing that authentic expression of worship. So excited to be with you guys today. That's fantastic. How about you, Grant? Uh, hello, everybody. My name's Grant Norsworthy, although where I live in New Zealand, I have to say Grant for some strange reason, but uh, I'm totally comfortable with Grant because I'm originally from Australia. I lived in America for 17 years, uh, but coming to you from New Zealand where I work as like a traveling uh, minister uh, in service of the Christian church, the main thing I do is called More Than Music Mentor. 
which is providing online and on-site training for the heart and the art of worshipping musicians. Ah, oh, this is awesome. And we have a new face this this, this month. We, the world needed more Jasons in their life. So right. Jason, why don't you go and introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Jason Harris. I'm the worship pastor at a church called Browncroft Community Church in Rochester, New York. Uh, I've been here leading worship for about 12 years. Um, and before that, uh, was in Southern California for a little while and New Jersey uh, leading worship. And so uh, it's a, a privilege to join you guys. Um, I have a wife of 15 plus years and uh, three kids, all school age. And so we're very busy and uh, we are at the end of winter um, right now. So not quite spring, but at the end of winter in New York. And this is an amazing topic that we're talking about because literally I just got evacuated for a fire alarm happening in our main campus. So I was talking with these guys uh, and then the fire alarm went off. So I had to pack up real quick and run across to another building on our campus and just pop up my laptop and jump on. So I couldn't, I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure out because I was talking and we we're like talking about the, the podcast or what we're talking about. And you just started laughing. And I was like, what we're talking about is not funny right now. I don't, and he's like, oh no, your fire alarm's going off. That is funny. That's a good, putting out that's, fires. that's hilarious. That's, that's amazing. Um, that's so good. And if you guys are just uh, tuning in with us online, um, let us know where you're tuning in from. We'd love to hear that and see where you're coming in and, uh, and, and, uh, where you guys are at. Um, and also, um, if you are, uh, listening to us on the podcast, uh, well, hello. Um, we are uh, excited about this conversation today. This conversation is uh, a good one. And it's um, today we're talking about putting out fires on Sunday morning. Um, and uh, and uh, um, this last week I was on, I was on Facebook and um, there was a church in Southern California and, uh, there's a, and they, they posted a video of they actually had a fire on their stage on Sunday morning. And uh, you watch the live stream and the smoke started rolling across the stage. And then all of a sudden you see the flames and people beating out the, trying to beat out the fire with the jacket. And then a guy shows up with the fire extinguisher and sprays the fire out. It was a little intense. I don't know that I've ever, I can say I've ever actually had a, a fire on stage on Sunday morning. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I've, I've been in there with a the fire alarm going off or, but never actually had a fire on stage. You guys have like let's talk about fires on Sundays. You guys have some fun stories that you guys have experienced, like a like a like a big fire that's happened, a figure a figurative fire that's happened on uh, a Sunday. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about the metaphor. This is a metaphor. Metaphor, metaphorically <laughs> fire. I mean, always if you have an actual fire extinguisher, especially if you have a candle lighting service, you know. It's right. <laughs> I've had yeah. candle wax on me when I was yeah. on a candlelight service, like that dripping on my leg from where the candle was. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, it sounds like, because Jason Harris's uh, solution to, uh, if there's a fire, don't try and put it out, run away from it. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm remembering a, a YouTube video that I saw years ago of a, a little boy in a, a very uh, formal, I think it was probably a Catholic setting. He's a choir boy and he's holding a candle, but he's obviously very tired. And he's, his head got falls over into a scandal and his hair catches on fire. No. Uh, Eric Smallwood on the Facebook chat just said, I had a vocalist on worship team on Easter of last year 
tell me she was quitting in between services. Mm-hmm. That would that would be that's a fun one. That's a good it's a good time to it's a good time to drop out on that one. So oh my gosh, good times, right? The things that you don't uh, you guys don't realize the people don't realize that worship leaders are juggling. We're juggling a lot of things in the air on uh, on on uh, on Sunday mornings as we kind of roll into this. So let's let's t- let's jump into the contents today uh, content today about this and. Um, so fire is these, these, these stresses, these problems that happen on Sundays, no matter what you do there, they are going to come up. There's going to be issues that, that arise. I mean, it's just, it's, it's life. It happens. Um, and it's how you handle them that it defines kind of yourself as a leader, but also it, um, it shows that, uh, it shows, um, your, your, your band and your team, like, like it's okay to move forward. It's okay to push through them. It's, it's how you handle them. So I want to let's let's jump into um, Joe. I want to start with you. What I mean, what are some ways? Um, what like from the very beginning of this conversation, like what are some strategies or concepts that you have kind of seemed found to work over the course of your ministry um, when those problems do arise and how? Joe, I, Joe, I'm taking I'm taking notes. I just taking <laughs> that's notes. right. Everything Joe says, we just we kind of write down. It's a <laughs> Joe, go ahead and uh, go ahead. You've well, done you know, this for a few years. As, as we were talking, yeah, I've been doing this like for 40 years. and That's a long time. 30 ago. of those years at a big church in Chicago where we had services, two services Saturday night, two services Sunday morning, services on Wednesday and Thursday night. And so and when you start doing that every, every week, 52 weeks a year, and you do that for 30 years, you go, you know what? Um, we, we're putting, we're trying to put on something that if you were doing it, uh, you know, in on Broadway or something, you would have rehearsed for months, you know, before you try to do some of what we try to do in churches every seven days. And most of us do it with volunteers and who are bringing their best and, um, and just the sheer frequency of, meeting together and what we're doing um you're gonna have train wrecks now and then i was telling jason ahead of time we used to use a lot of drama and uh one drama was about these cavemen and everything was kind of and it was but there was this huge set that looked like a big cave and and in the middle of the drama the whole set went in the, you know, and you've got 5,000 people in the room and, and, and they just stayed in character and just, ooh, ooh, you know, and, and they were amazing, but it just depended on the, the talent of the people. But, um, and another drama I was telling about, we, there was a gal that a robber was supposed to come, came up to her and was like saying, give me your money. And she took her purse and she was trying to say, uh, there's nothing in here. And I know that we had done this in rehearsal. I mean, and here's lesson number one, go through everything in rehearsal, watch the video from the beginning to the end, actually do what you're going to do. I could tell you some horrible stories about a drama that we did where, where they weren't, we went through it in rehearsal, but they weren't in costume and the problem ended up being very much the costume. So prepare, uh, go through everything in rehearsal, watch if you're going to show a video watch all the way through but in this case 
you know that this that this had to happen in rehearsal, but the robber comes up and and the gal goes, I have nothing. And she takes her purse and shakes it out. And all that was in her whole purse of all the things out drops one tampon onto the stage. And then she's trying to go, she's horrified. She's trying to fix it. And she starts kicking it with her foot and we're all going, no, no, leave it alone. Just leave it. And, <laughs> and it starts rolling across the stage. And, and um, we used to keep a blooper tape of that kind of stuff of just going, but it was a great reminder to go, you know, guys, what we do and as often as we do it, it's going to happen. You prepare as carefully as you can. And you try to, and by going through everything, preparing well, going through it in rehearsal, and you can minimize the stuff that's going to happen. But we had, we had a huge Christmas program one time, and and, and it was a, it was like a full orchestra and and actors and this whole whole show. And somebody kicked out uh, somebody in one of the balconies. Our tech guys hadn't thought to tape down a cord, and somebody tripped over it, and it came out, and all of the sound for the in the middle of this huge program just went dead because because of somebody kicking out one cord and and you know the other thing that i, I would say that um that i would take from that is when i look at the early days when i was at our church in the early days when it was a few hundred high school kids in a movie theater and and everything was mistakes and uh literally we used to do dramas and the guy who wrote the drama would call you and just say your lines are this and then he would just say, hi, dad. And then he would just read your lines. And with none of the lines, so you didn't have any idea what the script was until you showed up on Sunday morning and tried to put it all together. But what we always did was on Monday, we tried to say, what did we learn? You know, how do, and not criticize, not beat people up, but just say, what are the learnings? What would we do differently? So that when you hit these, these bloopers, um, you, uh, you learn, you learn from them and you improve, you know, next time let's add this rehearsal. Let's do it. I got to tell one more story. I know I'm talking too much, but uh, because it, because it's just on me, uh, we were following the message uh, on a Wednesday night or with a communion song and a full orchestra on stage and it started, and I was singing it, and it started off a cappella, just going, in remembrance of you, we take this bread. And um, the, on, on Wednesday night, the pastor went for 50 minutes. The service went way long, and we were like, you can't go that long. You have to shorten it. Well, the next night, I'm down in my office trying to get some things done. And I'm looking, I'm going, okay, he's 20 minutes into his message. We did the worship. I ran down to my office. I thought I better get back and get ready. He was done. He, he did a 20-minute version of what he had done. Fifth. So all of a sudden, my phone in my office rings, and I pick it up, and I'm, you know, immediately go, why is somebody calling me in my office on a Wednesday night in the middle of the service? And I pick it up, and the producer in the booth is going, go, 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 go. I slam it down. I ran down the hallway, down the tunnel, up the stairs, behind the stage. And my wife still laughs. She said, yeah, you could see the curtain going. <laughs> you know, as I ran behind the curtain and I tried to stop. 
and, and the orchestra is still vamping on the first couple measures. And I walk out and I'm thinking, okay, we got this, I, you know, we're still going. And then I, I, I took the mic and the orchestra hit the note where I was supposed to start. And I went in remembrance of you. <laughs> and I realized I'm standing here, but I can't breathe. <laughs> and, um, you know, but so one of the things oh. I learned is don't go down to your office during a service. Stay, stay close because you never know what's going to happen. But the other thing was I, find, I just stopped and I said, you guys, you know what? I was in my office. I should have been here. I, um, I just came running from there and I can't breathe. Give me a second to catch my breath. This moment is too important to screw to, for us to miss it. So let me just breathe for a second. So then from there, I just said, you know, I said, okay, I'm ready and told the orchestra and went into it. But the, the reason I tell that is because for like a year, I had little old ladies and stopping me in the lobby going, oh, sweetie, we love you. It's okay. And, and it was like endearing. I mean, everything that we did, it was tended to be so polished yeah. and, and to just make a mistake and own it and go, okay, let's not miss this moment. But sometimes God uses your mistakes in ways that, you know, that you go sometimes, sometimes he gets more out of that than doing it everything perfectly. And, and that's important to remember, I think, when we do hit fires. That's amazing. I, and I, um, I want to piggyback off of that. And you, you just br briefly touched on the end there about kind of like authenticity versus perfection mm. and like the desire to be perfect versus the desire to be, I mean, we want to be authentic in the process. Like, what do you guys think about this? I mean, I feel like for a long season, church, we, we, we were like trying to be perfect on, on stage, but I don't know if it was COVID or what in the last, in the last season, it feels like, or that the authenticity is coming is, uh, is like, mm. it's okay to say I screwed up. Like I'm, I, we were wrong. I, we made a mistake. We are, we are, it's like you stop in those moments and you realize people go, oh, you're human. You are totally human. It's okay. You know, I've started, I've started songs before where it's like, you know, you're clearly the capo is in the wrong fret. And you're like, why does the band sound terrible? You know, and you're like, oh, it's because I'm, I actually am the one that caused the problem. And I need to learn my music theory in the process. But like, you, you know, you, you stop and like explain it. I was playing at a church a few weeks ago and, um, my battery was dying in my guitar and I typically would have like tried to hide it and gone like, like, you know, step off and make the change. And, but I couldn't, the battery was too far away. And I, I literally just said to the congregation, I'm going to tell it. I mean, I said, acoustic guitars are run on a nine volt battery. And if my guitar goes out, you guys can keep singing. Like, and I, and, and, um, yeah. and luckily it made it to the end of the song. Um, and then I walked off and changed it, but somebody came up to me afterwards and they were like, and they brought it up in a story and it was like, just the authenticity of the moment saying like, you, you know, you're a real person and it like, it's just shows that mm -hmm. it's, it's authentic and you're not trying to hide the problems. Yeah. So. I think you want to prepare and try not to have that stuff happen. And hopefully afterward you go, huh, I should check my battery before yep. that, you know, so you learn from it, but, but to go, but when it happens, 
you know, sometimes the sweetest moments that our churches experience and, and are when we're just real together. And, um, you know, and I love, I love how you handled that and to go, don't panic, you know, just be honest and, uh, you know, figure out how you, how you would do it differently maybe the next time, but, but to be honest and humble about it and, and let it be, let it, I heard a pastor one time, he had the, the whole table that he had all his props on fell down and, and he, he just said, oh, I think we made a memory. <laughs> and, and and there's a lot of truth in that, you know. Yeah. Jason, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I see your. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, first off, that personal connection as a worship leader or as just a pastor of your of your congregation is so important. Whether that be a story that you tell, I mean, we tell our pastor like add, add stories because that just in, allows people to connect with you, and then you get to share your heart with them even more um in your heart for what god's doing in and through you and so i think uh you know we've i think we've all had those moments where the capo like we've had things where i remember one specific one it was easter sunday we had an orchestra playing and our piano um just digs into this really fast song and the pianist had the wrong sheet music in a half step off and it was a piano intro so the piano just like came in was it was amazing until the rest of the orchestra also came in and then she just went and then she decided to actually jump i think up a half step and just tried to like finagle the rest of the way and it, it was but it was definitely a memory uh, and there's other times where we've just like time out stop like okay guys this didn't go as planned um and so i think owning that uh in front of the congregation, I think is really important because it does show like, hey, if it happened every Sunday, like we weren't prepared, we weren't equipped, that would be one thing. But in those moments uh, that it does, I think don't hide it and just bring them along with you. Um, mm -hmm. And we actually have uh, in our staff, we have a blooper reel that we show about once every three to six months. Um, our videographer puts together all of like the misspeaks from like announcement cuts that didn't make it. Um, I've had multiple voice cracks on there. Um, and it's just a way for our staff. We don't put it on Facebook, um, but it is a way for our staff to just say, Hey, we are all human and we laugh at our mistakes. And yes, it's not our goal. Our goal is to do things well, but when they do, let's make sure that, you know, God's, working through it even in the midst of all the voice cracks and all the misspeaks um and so i think it just remembers uh it's just a reminder uh, of what we're here to do so so the so being what's the one i'm kind of hearing kind of like summarizing this for a second i want to continue on this kind of in this vein being authentic actually removes the stress mm -hmm. right is it when you guys agree like being yeah. being mm -hmm. authentic actually removes the stress because when we get stressed out, when problems arise, it's typically because we want Sunday morning to be right or right as to what we yeah. planned, and um, and being authentic to go a problem a problem we couldn't get around it we had to navigate through it. Um, you can kind of remove that stress of like you don't necessarily yeah. have to. Along with that, I think it's also important to reevaluate your definition of what a fire is, mm -hmm. um, like. You have to, especially on a Sunday morning um, and during your services, like what is a fire? 
Um, because there's certain things that it's like, it doesn't, if the guitarist played a wrong note or the pastor spoke five minutes long, um, the service before, it probably isn't a fire. Um, it's something to address and it's not the, the, the what you strove to do, um, but it's not, it's not a four alarm fire where things are burning down. Right, right. Um, and so I think as a leader, to make sure that you don't treat that like a four alarm fire, um, that you treat like the big things as the big things. Like, hey, on Easter, the vocalist walked out <laughs> or is sick right before, like that's a pretty big thing. Or there's you know, a fight backstage uh, with some of your musicians. Um, but some of the, the, little, the little things like a guitarist not standing directly in the light that he was supposed to, we can say, you know what? That's something we can handle um, throughout the week. It's not valuable to really take our team through that um, and freak out at that moment. But. Yeah. Mary, Mary, what are you thinking? Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, as I'm listening to you guys, and I'm, I'm also thinking, like, you know, what is our actual goal as worship leaders? You know, it's really to connect people with the heart of mm -hmm. God through our music. And our music is just a tool to do that. And I think um, we want to strive for ec excellence and do our best with the music. But when something goes wrong, like it's not like it's not the end of the world. You could actually, you know, I've tried to navigate those times to ask God, okay, what can you do with this mess? <laughs> you know, sometimes even in the midst of a messy situation, um, God can actually use it to connect people with with him in an even stronger way um i just i remember i used to lead worship with paul balage when i lived in texas and i learned a lot from him and one of the things that he would do quite often for some reason because he's always in and out of the church and traveling sometimes his guitar was out of tune and he, but he would use that when he was starting his song um when it was out of tune he would just tell the congregation you know i'm going to tune my guitar real quick but let's just tune our hearts to the Lord right now in this moment. You know, let's just start thanking him, you know, for what he's done in our lives as I just tune my guitar. So which some people would think as a distraction in worship or a fire or, oh, no, my guitar's out of tune. Like just to take a pause and just be authentic and real and then even help direct people to the Lord through that that fire or that mess. Um, I know I used I led worship for a conference. <clears throat> excuse me, the worshiper conference one time when there was um, a literal fire alarm going off because of the smoke machines were triggering the fire alarm, but it was not necessarily an obvious like fire like Jason, you had mentioned at the beginning of this chat. Um, and in that moment, I'm thinking, okay, God, how do I, you know, the people were telling me, you know, keep going, keep going. There's, we don't need to remove people from the building. It's okay. And so I'm like, okay, how do I continue to lead this, um, you know, this conference and worship while these fire alarms are going off? And so just utilizing what was going on in the situation and putting it into a spiritual contrast, the fire in our hearts and um, allowing that atmosphere just to kind of trigger, just to stir up a fire in the atmosphere as we sing out this song, acknowledge the problem, because otherwise it's like this obvious, awkward something's happening and the person we're on stage isn't saying anything and it's this weird you know um situation um so i think it's good to just like acknowledge it and then see if you can navigate it and direct people's attention back to the lord through the mess or through mm -hmm. that fire or that difficult situation and so 
So what we did with the fire alarm. So, and it was an, an incredible like time with God and his presence, even though the fire alarm was going off until they figured out to shut it down. <laughs> so yeah. tr tr you're trying to figure out how to bring the fire alarm into the music. You yeah, go, it's right. Atari. It's like, what's the it's BPM? Not, what's the BPM <laughs> of the, of the, the <laughs> fire alarm? Exactly. What key is it? And we need, to, oh, we need to switch to the key of the fire alarm. <laughs> I was on a total, total rabbit trail side note. I was sitting at a coffee shop in town like a couple weeks ago and uh, it's right on the train tracks and a train came by and I was listening to music and it honked that the, the train honked and the train horn was in the same key as the song I was listening to. And it was this Aww. drone, it was this drone awesome. underneath the music. <laughs> and it was like this beautiful moment of like the train, I'm drinking coffee, the music, it all just goes together. It all just goes together. But uh, anyway, tapping into the atmosphere, tapping right? into <laughs> the atmosphere. That's amazing. That's funny. Um, a lot of our thought so far seems to me to be about you know coping with with uh you know sort of errors um production problems and i think you know we, it'd be good for us to recognize that a lot of people watching this are at very very low production value church gatherings you know and and uh i i'm hoping that pretty soon we can move to like putting out the fires relationally because uh uh, and, and that's, that's kind of what I imagine today's talk will be about. I think this has all been really valuable. Thanks, everybody. But, you know, sometimes there's tensions between team members. Yep. Uh, can, we get, can we move to chatting about that, please? Absolutely. No, that was your right. transition me well. That was going to be good. What are, <laughs> okay. you got, do you have some thoughts to head into that? To head into that? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I understand my situation is a bit different because uh, I've never actually been on staff for a church. I am itinerant, I travel, so I'm engaged to be part of a church culture for a, for a little while. And certainly I've got my home church culture, um, uh, where I'm not on staff either. But uh, yeah, I feel like I step into situations and I, I feel like I've got pretty good at smelling smoke, you know, <laughs> like there's some tension. And often what I find is that, uh, you know, there can be a culture within a church where we highly value keeping the peace. Um, everyone being nice to one another. And I think it's great too when everyone's being nice to one another. But um, if that's to cover a smoldering fire, that's not a good thing. I'd like us to be better equipped at talking about um, issues and problems. And um, I would have to say that most of the tensions that happen within church music teams, just the team of singers, instrumentalists and technicians that are tasked with helping a, a congregation worship God through songs. They're usually about what I would call what or how issues. I don't want to sing that song. Um, I want to sing this song, but the pastor doesn't. You know, uh, I don't want to sing it in that key. I want to play my drums this loud, you know, and people not knowing how to address that. So, um, the big thing that I try to introduce to teams is this idea you have to have an agreement on the why before you try and solve any what and how problems. And if you have agreement on the why we have music, you know, what is our objective? What are we trying to achieve here? Then a lot of the what and how problems get a lot easier to solve. Um, so, so an example of that would be, I did a coaching workshop a little while ago. It was a church that, uh, building that would seat maybe 150 people. And they've got uh, a, a platform set up, a really big, flashy drum kit behind a shield up there. And I meet the team before our Thursday night rehearsal, 
and we agree that why are we having music on Sunday mornings? We are having this music so that our congregation sings prayers to God as an expression of worship. And so I said, great. So I'm going to be coaching our rehearsals tonight and helping us craft a sound that I believe will help your congregation sing. And I need to know that you all buy into that. Do we all buy into that? Yes, yes, everyone buys into that, including Dan the drummer. And then we get up to start rehearsing, and the first song was 10,000 Reasons that some of you will be familiar with. And Dan's up there playing drums like he's in the Foo Fighters in front of 20,000 people. You know, bless the... You know, it's got all that happening. It's massive. And I can hardly sing to it, you know. So I stop him and I say, hey, Dan, I can tell you're really into your drum. Some of you heard this story before. Thanks for listening like you haven't. Uh, Dan, you, you've, uh, you're obviously really serious about your drums. This is great. You and another band, he tells me the years. They're an original band. They're a hard rock band. And I'm like, wonderful. That, that, that'd be really great drumming for that context. But remember we agreed that we're here to get the congregation singing? Yeah. I've got to tell you, Dan, that amount of drums, those, especially those cymbal hits and snare hits and those drum fills, they're actually making it harder for the congregation to sing. It's making it harder for me to sing and the, and the three other singers here. We just need you to tell us where the beat is. So I asked them to absorb a small musical sadness and pick up some mallets and just play a gentle floor tom pattern with a kick drum, especially for that first chorus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And he did it. And it went really well. And the sound engineer was thrilled because it's still the first time ever he can mix sound. All the singers are like, Dan, it's such a, a, that drumming makes it so much easier for us to sing now. And we agreed that the congregation would feel that too. And he stuck to his gun on the Sunday. There was no fire. Dan was very uh, recipient, uh, receptive to my suggestion. But if I had not had the preliminary talk about what our musical goal was, and if I had just said, Dan, don't drum like that, drum like this, it could have been a fire. And so I've, uh, the best way to put out fires is to avoid starting them. <laughs> and one of the most important things you can do is have a team that all knows what the humanly measurable musical goal is for our team. Because I've got to suggest, I want to suggest this really clearly. If you say, everybody, we're here to lead worship. There's seven different meanings for what that means in your team. Yep. And there are three people who don't have any idea what you mean. And then we don't really know if God has been worshipped. I've been in situations where someone goes, I felt such a strong connection with God when we sang that song. And another person who was there at the same time, the same song going, I believe the Holy Spirit was cast out when you did that song. <laughs> you know, so we've got to find an agreed measurable goal for the team anything in business in sport anywhere needs to know what the goal is and a lot of the fires we have in our church music teams are because no one's given them a measurable humanly measurable goal and so for me that is getting the congregation singing prayers to god getting them singing prayers that praises of god and because the truth about god because you don't want people taking in different directions that's where the fires come from i'm a firm believer that um, people are not inherently evil and the, like the like a lot of times you think like like people like you the, the drama happens on Sundays and you think like people are people are evil and like I'm a firm believer that inherently people are not evil. The problem comes from communication. The problem comes from like planning ahead and dialoguing and talking and engaging and knowing that you know everybody on on the stage we all have each other's back. 
Like this, this is a, this is a team. We all have, like you said, we all have the same goal in mind, and um, and if we don't all have the same goal in mind, that's another conversation. But like our our goal, um, yeah, our goal is you know our goal is that. Now, Darnisha, I know I I love I've worked with you many times on stage, and I know that you are like you do this well. You 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 dialogue with people well. You talk. You you're the, the care you have for your band is, is always high. And so like, let's, I want to hear from you. Like what, 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 how do you, how, like communication wise and team wise, and what are some things that you do with your team to like, let them know that you, that you care? Well, I gotta be honest. I feel like this is something that I'm constantly uh, evaluating, evaluating myself in um, and find, I can definitely pick out many times where it's like, man, I didn't handle that so well. Um, I could have done a better job there. But one thing that I would say that the Lord taught me some years ago that has really served me really well is communicating your expectation at the very, as close to the beginning as possible so that there's clarity of, um, understanding and that list of expectation one of the very first things that I talk about with my team or any team that I work with that I know I'm going to have an extended length of relationship with is how do we talk about conflict how do we have because the reality is you know I walk into multicultural situations okay and it's just we all come from different backgrounds different musical styles, different experiences, you know? And so bringing people together is something that the Lord has um, helped me to learn how to do more and more. Um, but part of that is at the very beginning saying, hey, I understand that we are not all going to think about this the same way. Now, God has given me the responsibility in the leadership in this arena at this time. And here, here's the thing. I love you as a brother or sister in Christ. And yet I understand that we may not, we might not always agree. So here's the, here's the invitation. If there's something we need to talk about, you have a different thought than what I do. You know what? I, this door is open. Come and talk to me. And, 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 but understand with our relationship, if there's something that I don't, uh, understand or have a question about, I'm going to come and talk to you as well. And I think establish what I found, I feel like is establishing the fact that people that I already know that everything's not going to be smooth sailing right from the beginning, really sort of disarms people. They, they really appreciate that. Um, I'm not trying to, I'm not asking you to be like me. I'm not asking you to always look at it the way that I do. I am asking that we respect one another so that when I give you my thoughts, I'm going to respect your thoughts and I ask you to respect my thoughts. Um, and then we come to a consensus because sometimes your idea is going to be better than my idea. And sometimes my idea is going to be better than your idea. So um, learning, learning that was a, was a big thing. Um, the other thing for me is when we talk about authenticity making sure that my that my team is one we know how to laugh together because we can't take ourselves too seriously <laughs> that's 
it's like, but we also, we don't use this as an, uh, the authenticity as an excuse not to be our best. Um, so having a balance of that in communication with the team, I think uh, is, is, is really key. The other care piece for my team is making sure that I know enough about what I'm asking them to do um, that I can ask clearly um, that I'm not like, for example, asking a sound technician to mix the audio different and just giving that really vague, can you just mix it better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I can have enough definition, enough understanding about what they do that I can ask with some uh, uh, knowledge. Um, so that helps with uh, respect, with connectivity, with communication. And I think it helps my team know that I care about them because I know enough about their instrument or their um, piece of equipment that I'm able to communicate about it and not treat it as though, oh, that's just something off over there, um, so. And then when fires do arise and problems do happen, like mm -hmm. they're, they're easily diffused because of that. Because of those, who, because those the relationship is there, the respect is there. Then, and then I think it becomes a team building moment. Like two weeks ago, the pastor calls me onto the platform. I'm nowhere in the room, <laughs> and my team is like, "D, where are you? He's calling you." <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm just, I wasn't ready." But I was in the back. I was I was praying for somebody else on the team and. What I love about our lead pastor is he's just like, D, I get it. It's all right. It's good. I mean, I made it by the skin of my teeth, but he was looking for me. <laughs> and the congregation, yeah, the congregation gets a hoot. Were you, hoot were you, were you short of breath like Joe was and as you were running you out know, to the stage? You know, I, I, I didn't run that fast. Didn't run that, no, no. <laughs> I didn't run that didn't fast. Run that <laughs> no, that's amazing. No, I think, yeah, that's that's a good, like, prepping prepping the like the team and the people to where when when problems do come like you're building on a on a on a on a community foundation and um that's like that's 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 the name of the game and that's that that, that that's i mean in all in all aspects of life when that your community is w with you not not a lot of things don't seem like that big of a deal anymore because you're you're you're, you're with your people you're with your team and so um, any other thoughts on on that i, I think yeah. I think it's important, one, to have a clear vision, to share that vision, um, to get people around it. Um, but also, uh, as we were saying, um, especially being at a church for uh, an extended period of time, like there are times when I'm not right. And I think I'm right, but I'm not right. Um, and so to be willing um, to change and to tweak and to adjust. And I think having those hard conversations, like just because I'm the leader doesn't mean I'm always right. Um, and so I think having the humility to, to have those hard conversations, but have them in a way that's not saying this is how we do it and this is why, but more about like, hey, this is our goal. This is our shared vision. And I want to model that and I want you to model that. And so as we do that, like if you have feedback to help us achieve that better, I want to hear that. And sometimes I might need to change how we're doing something, whether it be in our community or how we lead or what we play. Yeah. And I think just being open to that conversation um, is huge because they know that they have a voice, especially team members or congregants. 
um, they have a voice to, to, you know, what God's doing both in their life and our church. I agree with that. And I, I think it, it provides an opportunity for um, even people who have made their way to leave the ministry or have said, found that, okay, there's a different uh, way that I want to serve. What I have found is more often than not, they're much more, there's still a brotherly or sisterly connect there where it's like, man, you know, I just, you, your style is different than what I do, but I love what you do, but I feel like I'll be better. I'd serve better here. And it's like, absolutely. I love you. Do, mm-hmm. you know, do what it is in your heart that God has called you to do. So I, I agree with that. That's awesome. Joe, you had, it's like you had a thought. Yeah, just, just a couple little ones, but uh, one is, you know, we're, most of us are creative on some level. We're in, we're artists because we're musicians and stuff. And sometimes to look at a situation when a fire does come up to go, okay, how do we get creative with this? What could we do with this situation if we can't fix it? But what, but what could we create out of it? I remember once at, at uh, my church in Chicago when all the power went out from a huge snowstorm right before the service. And we ran around the building and scrounged up every candle we could find, put them all on the top of the piano and put the vocal team behind, just standing behind the piano. And, and we just basically sang acapella with a piano. But it was, it was this incredibly moving moment. And sometimes when a fire comes up to go, well, can we get creative? And maybe sometimes it creates variety and something fresh in ways that, that we would have never thought of. Um, I also had, uh, had a lady, there was this older lady that used to do slides for me. And, and uh, when we, and we were in a setup in this case where we had to set up and tear down every week, everything had to be set up, everything had to come down. So it was really easy for cords to go bad or for something to get plugged in wrong. And we, we hit fires wait more often than we wanted but she would always just gently look at me and say joe remember god wants this to work Mm. uh, he wants us to meet with him so trust him you know and that was such a that was helpful to me that's why i wanted to share it because sometimes when the midst of a of a fire and you go this is never gonna work to go no god wants us to meet with him today god wants this to work and he wants this to work and uh, whether we get creative or whether things come together, but that that's a comforting thought to me sometimes when I hit those situations. Darnisha, did you write that down? You were taking notes from Joe's from Joe's talk because that. No, that was a good stuff right there. God wants this to work. I'm gonna. I'm, God I'm, wants this to work. Th- I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna quote you on that one. I'm gonna, that's a. That's the thing. Grant looks like you, you had a thought before. before yeah, we... I was just gonna say, you know, like words are powerful. Nothing shifts a culture like like words. The words we use, and I've 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 come across a bunch of wordings for things that I think are really helpful, um, and I'm thinking particularly for me as a clinician and a musical director, like I'm there to try and help a team uh, not have fires as we as we craft some excellence in our music. You know, we're not shooting for perfection, but we well I want to be able to talk to singers and instrumentalists so that we bring all those parts together better because I actually find a lot of church teams no one talks to anyone about their singing or playing because it might start a fire. But I, I, I think we need to. We're going to craft a sound that's going to really be effective. And one thing that I removed from it is we, we, start, we should not be saying things like, it doesn't go like that, it goes like this, when we're talking about a musical arrangement. I found that it really helps if I change that to be more like, 
Well, the original recording that we were listening to to prepare this version does this. What elements of that should we copy? Because I think that build there is going to help us, you know, and it shouldn't be um, because we, re we are really in a church band setting. We're crafting our version of a song. The way Hillsong did it doesn't mean it has to be our version. So saying it actually goes like this, referring to the recording, is a, is a chance for there to be problems. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I would like to tell one little story that's just come to mind. This idea of us all having the same objective. We are here crafting a sound so that our congregation will sing these songs as an expression of worship. I was at a, a church re a rehearsal workshop, I call it. I think it was a Thursday night. And we were having several different band lineups get up for me to coach. And one band lineup came up and the, the staff music person gave me a little look about one particular guy to get ready up on the platform. I looked and I wasn't sure what she meant. She's like, here you go. See, here you go with that one. And uh, these three singers got up and one of the guys was completely atonal. Not able to sing. Singing really low, bassy, monotone, no idea of what melody is, no idea of anything. So I'm looking at the leader and listening to this guy and I worked with him for a little while to try and find note and I worked with him and it's kind of awkward because there's 30 people there. And so I try to see maybe something's going wrong here, but he's, and I said, let's call him John. I said, hey, John, uh, why are you limiting? And he said, because it gives me Thursday night off from the kids and then and Sunday services, I can leave my wife with the kids and I get to be on the platform. I need a break. And I I said to him something like, I can't remember, this is years ago, he said to him something like, um, that's not a good enough reason to be on the team. You know, we need to get you some support and some help in another way, but it cannot be here because I've, I've got to tell you, man, your voice is actually making it tough for us to achieve our goal. You know, because all they do is they just mute him. They mute him. He's there on the platform. <laughs> and, but he's still in the monitors. Like, it was just a nightmare. And, uh, and they had open speaker monitors too. So, um, and, the, and the, the lead, I'm glad to the leader, she set me up. She wanted me to say that to him. <laughs> she wasn't prepared oh. to. Oh, no. You know? And, of course, it starts a fire. He's a pretty fiery guy. He's really annoyed. And uh, anyway, I've, the visiting guy has, has really annoyed somebody. Started a fire again. But uh, wanting some time off from the kids and to leave your wife you know, with some difficult children during a service on a Thursday night, it's not a good enough reason. That's not a good enough. Yeah, that's and, then, nice. and that's maybe an extreme example, but there's people, there's people on our platform because they want to play drums the way they like to. People on our platform because they like singing. People on our platform because they love their personal connection with God that happens when they're playing. There's people behind mixing consoles because they want to imagine they're mixing for ACDC. You know, there's all different agendas and we need to talk about those and bring them all to being one. We believe it's important that we serve our community by helping them sing worshipfully to God. And so I find myself talking a lot about small musical sadnesses. But I want to sing the song in this key. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to absorb a small musical sadness. I'm feeling this with you. But I, I love that off the jump in these 17 songs. Yeah, but the congregation can't follow that. So I'm going to ask you to absorb a small musical sadness. And if you would absorb that small musical sadness, there's a higher joy. 
And the higher joy is that our congregation will lift their voice um, with some more passion, with some more volume as we sing these important prayers to God. And it's a wonderful microcosm in our, in our teams, our singers, instrumentalists, and technicians, a little crucible of actually what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Less of self, less of self, and more of thee. And um, that's what we've got an opportunity to do. You don't want drummers or singers or instrumentalists or technicians with their own agenda. You've got to have a shared church serving, not be served, serving agenda. And if we all understand that and communicate about it well, there should not be files. Totally. As, and uh, as we wrap up today, um, I always like to end our podcast with a food question. Because I—that's what we do. Uh, we're ending. I have to do it. I have to do it. I'm sorry. It's, it's part of the, it's part of the. It's part of our. It's part of our our, our, our thing. Potato. So, um, what real fast? Um, if you got, what is your go-to snack? What is the thing that you have to go to when you go to the cupboard? I will start. Um, mine is Oreos. My my, it's a thing. My wife, we get Oreos. Like the Oreo, the the. They just celebrated their 110-year birthday this past week. The fact that I know that should tell you that it's it's a, Oreos is the thing. And they had birthday they had birthday Oreos with with sprinkles in the cookie. It's 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 a thing. Like you should try it. But Joe, what is your what is your thing? What what is your you're on mute. You're on. No, I'm on mute. There you go. Uh, boy, you know I have. I like it all, so I can't pick one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of going, what what's my one of choice? And anything, anything sweet would be great. There you go. Cakes, donuts, ice cream, but I have all stuff I have to avoid at my age. All of the above. <laughs> yeah. the, what about you, Mary? Can I say coffee? I mean, yes. <laughs> I like uh, to drink my coffee throughout the day. So do you just drink yes. just straight coffee, or do you? No, I, I have milk. You I, have milk uh, in the coffee. Yeah, yeah. you don't, you have I to cover have up a little the bit of milk. Bit I don't put milk. sugar in it, but okay. I have a little milk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What about what about you, Grant? Um, I I uh, pretend I'm a great healthy snacker because I have a big jar of dried fruit and nuts on my desk. Mm -hmm. I'll just grab a little handful of them. That'll carry me through. But I sneak some dairy milk chocolate from time to time. You sneak. That's a, you're you're, yeah, no you're confessing it. to the world that you, you're sneaking. Speaking in the top drawers at the back. <laughs> or what does it know about? <laughs> I'm going to tell it's her. Enough. I'm going to tell her. What, what, about, what about you, Jason? Being from upstate New York, I think it has to be buffalo wings. Oh. So got to have the buffalo wing snack but if you're just going into the fridge it's probably not the right answer so i i eat a lot of apples so an apple good healthy snack um, you have an so apple definitely choice. an apple guy we, we have a produce uh, snap but by so our house and there's like a hundred different kinds snapdragon snap, snapdragon new york is a big apple country as well so i've learned about 20 to 30 varieties of apples yep since moving here before here, it was just like it's an apple. It's red and it's green. It's right now. There's varieties. There's variety. Yeah. That's amazing. What about you, Darnisha? Oh, y'all just making me sick because it's like, don't burgers and fries count for snacks? Absolutely. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> only if you have. No, I don't have. I, I honestly do snack pretty healthy. I just snack too often. 
As long, I was gonna say, if you have a burger and fries in your drawer and your desk, that's probably that's a that's a problem. If you pull out a drawer and pull out some fries, so yeah. that's amazing. All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much again for hanging out today. I, I appreciate. I love the I love these times. The chat, the chance to sit around and chat. Um, thanks again um, to the mentors and also to everybody that is that is tuning in. Um, thanks again, and we will see you guys next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today as we ended the month on how to put out fires on Sundays and how to handle those problems as they arise. My hope is that throughout this month, you've, you've learned something that is going to help you in the process as, you, as fires and problems arise on Sunday mornings. Join us as we continue next month and a new topic. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Worship Leader and at Worship Leader Podcast. You can also follow me at Jason underscore Squires. We will see you guys next month.